Welcome to the Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEO Podcast. I'm Martin Harshberger, President of Measurable Results, LLC, and martinharshberger.com. I'm a retired CEO of both a manufacturing company and a third-party logistics company. We were lucky enough to grow both to eight-figure organizations. I've been consulting with small and mid-tier companies for the past 16 years. Our mission with this podcast is to provide a forum to help CEOs in these critical industries share their stories, share best practices, and learn from each other. If you'd like to be a guest in our podcast, go to www.martinharsberger.com slash apply. Each interview will take about 30 minutes. Thanks for listening. Hi, welcome to this episode of Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEOs. I'm Martin Harsberger, the host. Uh, with me this morning, I have David McCutcheon, the CEO of Bullet Express Limited in Glasgow, Scotland. Welcome, Dave. Thank you. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon to you. I understand you're on the holiday. I appreciate you taking the time out. Yes, yes. I'm managing to find after you know coming to the end of COVID here, hopefully. Um, I managed to find a week. So um I'm I'm up at St Andrews uh, near uh, the famous golf course in Scotland. So having a, a week up here in a motorhome. You have to send me some pictures of St. Andrews. I mean, I've seen it on TV in the British Open. It's a beautiful place. It's probably yep. beyond my capability. I'd probably lose 100 balls there. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll be the same. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about your company, uh, how you got started. Uh, well, yeah, well, we are a, we are a um, supply chain logistics company now. We've, we've morphed somewhat from our early days when, when we began with a couple of vans doing hotshot same-day deliveries. That, that's really where we started. I previously worked with a, a parcel company um, called Parcel Line, which is now, it would be better known as DPD. Uh, done a lot of work for uh, companies that, that then were bought over by like, UPS or FedEx, as, as you would know those guys really well. Um, and, and we've done same-day deliveries for many, many years, but we've developed over the years into the express freight we now do, um, we still do the original same deal. We call it special services now. We do sort of bespoke work for clients. We design trailers. We we run their trunking operation. We run the delivery operation in that department. Um, we have a worldwide freight department that covers um, small items, pallets, you know, huge items. We ship them on planes, trains, you know, whatever way we can do it um, worldwide. We have an express pallet system which uh, delivers pallets throughout the UK and Ireland. Um, and one of the areas over the last five or six years has became um, a huge part of our business is we, we do a lot of storage and we do pick pack. So at the moment we have um, in the region of uh, about 30,000 pallets in storage and we've got three buildings. And at the moment we virtually don't have room for another pallet. It's that busy. When you, when you so, say parts, David, uh, you mean for uh, spare parts for companies or? or uh... Sorry, pa- pallets. You know, pallets. We, we store pallets. Oh, okay. So, okay. So we store pallets of, we, we store fitness equipment. We store um, grain. We store um, tins of food for people. We store, um, at the moment, we're doing a lot for the, the UK NHS, the National Health Service, and we store a lot of COVID tests equipment. Um, so we store various, various items just, you know, and at the moment um, it's a big thing because of COVID, you know, people have, have either had to stockpile their goods or um, they've had to try and bulk buy to, to, 
to, to deal with COVID. And at the moment, there's certain areas that are absolutely uh, exploding in terms of business revenue, and, and that we've managed to cash in a bit on that. So uh, the storage is extremely busy. Uh, we, we also have a fifth customer, which you would probably know quite well, um, a company called Spirit um, Aerosystems. Yeah. Um, Spirit are a big uh, aircraft manufacturer in the UK, and they have a they have a site in Scotland. Uh, and we we uh, started dealing with them about 15 years ago, and we now run um, all their road freight throughout the UK for the A320s and the A350s. Uh, we, we also previously done the the big A380, but that's that's kind of on hold at the moment, um, and until we see what happens with the A350. That's awesome. I mean, it's it's great. Well, what's your supply chain look like over there, the US? Right now, our supply chain is uh, pretty well dried up. We've got delays on everything as a result of COVID, I guess, and companies are slow getting back to uh, production. Are you seeing the same thing over there? Yeah, very much. So it, it obviously um, it obviously depends what, what the market is. That One of the biggest problems that's happened, well, two big problems that we're getting at the moment, um, one is a, there's a big driver shortage. There's a huge driver shortage in the UK. Um, many reasons you could go into for that. You know, the age of the drivers has been high for a, far too long. Um, they've not done any tests for a year, so we've lost about, there should have been maybe 9,000 drivers qualified in the last year, so that was stopped. Um, but uh, so that, that's, caused, that's causing a big problem with Brexit as well, where we lost a lot of European drivers. Um, and, uh, and obviously COVID, you know, with people um, getting pinged, you know, we have this system of, you register and if you're in connection with anybody with COVID, you get pinged and you've got to self-isolate. So that's causing a problem as well. But one of, one of the biggest issues at the moment is, is the, the supply chain of containers from the Far East and, and even America. Um, there's a shortage of containers and, and there's, uh, there's a huge uh, lift in the cost. You know, we were, we were looking a few months ago at, you know, a container from the Far East, maybe being $4,000. Now you would be looking to change out of fifteen thousand yeah. dollars. So that's that's causing a lot of issues where some clients, depending on the product, um, if they don't get many in a container, you know, say for for example a three piece suite, um, and some furniture, then they can't afford the container. They've just stopped the supply. Whereas if somebody's filling a container with you know knives and spoons, then they might be able to to pull through and just add a bit bit onto the value of the goods. So. That those those are reasons that's causing a lot of supply chain issues. How is uh, how is uh, Britain's uh, exit from the European Union affected your business? Uh, it's it's been difficult. Um, it's been difficult uh, for many reasons. Um, none more so than than you know it was like two two parents divorcing. Uh, nobody wanted to be seen to give ground. So it's quite it's been quite a messy divorce really. Yeah. So they've, they've kind of hammered each other on each side and blamed each other. Uh, so that, that, that's that been a problem. And then the software systems um, trying to deal with the, the, the fallout and paperwork, talking to each other has been an issue. In the first few weeks, it was it was horrendous. It was an absolute nightmare. Systems weren't talking, but a big, big part of it was, you know, we were telling, the country was telling manufacturers and companies for two years, you need to get set up for, for Brexit. Um, and most of them didn't bother. They genuinely didn't. Yeah. You know, we, 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 were, we were 
emailing our customers for a year. We set up a team six months before Brexit, specifically to deal with speaking to customers and getting them ready and making sure they'd all the paperwork. So what, what we had to do is, particularly for Ireland, we maybe were doing three, four double-deck trailers every night to Ireland. So that was a lot of freight. But that freight couldn't go unless all the paperwork was right. So initially we said, if we don't get the paperwork right, we can't lift the freight because if we did, then our warehouse would fill up extremely quickly and we would then be in a bit of a guddle in terms of trying to work anything out. So we went from four trailers down to one very quickly. Um, some clients decided we'll just leave Ireland. We won't bother servicing it at the moment. But very quickly, their clients in Ireland started putting them under pressure and, and within a few weeks, they came back online again. Um, you know, they came to our door and said, look, you know, can you help us? We need to get set up here. And I know you've been telling us for years, but we're ready to go now. So that's what happened. So most guys are now back online again. Um, one, one of the things they were, they were all doing, they were, they were sending goods to Ireland and, and not telling the guy at the other end he had, he had a tax to pay. So the goods were arriving and the, the guy delivering it was saying, there's your delivery, by the way, you owe 40 euros or 40 pounds, whatever. Um, so we then persuaded them to do it um, tax paid before it left. And, and that helped. And that released a lot of freight and, and cut out a lot of problems. People just want to pay once and they don't expect another bill. So that, that put that to bed, really. Yeah, unfortunately, it's like every every government in the world's uh, performance. I mean, everybody knew it was coming, but nobody thought it was going to happen, so nobody did anything until it happened, right? Yeah, I think that. I think uh, there's no doubt in my eyes that that's a lot of what happened. People people just decided, you know, it'll be okay. That this isn't going to happen, but it did. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then when it did, you know, I mean, we had, we had major clients one major client who will remain nameless um, had given us like like you know twenty pallets to go to Ireland, and we said what one of the things you had to do is you had to register with the government system. So they gave you what was called an EORI number, E-R-I-O-I-E-R-O-I. You got an EORI number, um, and we said to them, like, "What's your EORI number?" Well, go and get it, and then they went away and they came back and said. Well, one of the directors was meant to get it and he forgot, he passed it to another director and he never got it. So this major, major household company, nobody had the ORI number. And what should have taken, it would have taken at the initial stages six hours, ended up taking six weeks to get because everybody was trying to get them at the end up and it was just a whole mess. So that, that would be the, one of the main causes and problems in Brexit. But uh, as I say, the, both governments didn't help each other, they were, they were. Nobody wanted to be seen to, to be the guy that was was bending the knee. <laughs> yeah, I kind of read about it over here, but it's it's not unusual what happened. When I had my company, I had a uh, well in Memphis. We talked before we started recording. I had a subsidiary in Europe in Frankfurt, Germany. I covered Western Europe out of there, and uh, staying even within the European Union wasn't easy. <laughs> but now no. that you broken off I can see it's going to be a problem where do you think your industry is going in the next two or three years because you mentioned we, we, shortages. we have them too what are your top three issues with your business your market in, in the next three years uh, well I mean one of the biggest issues at the moment absolutely no doubt is drivers you know we need to, this, this, this driver issue 
um, is not going to be solved overnight. It's going to be a hard slog, um, because I said we're, we're driver pool is is too too high up the age rank. You know the drivers are all probably fifty plus, most of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's an issue. Um, we need to we need to get kids into the industry. It needs to be made a bit more sexy, if you like. You know, it's no big, um, big ugly diesel guzzling, messy trucks. It needs to be that they're, they're interested in, in fantastic pieces of equipment which they get with fridges in them, cracking sound systems. I mean, you can you can live in your cab. Um, they're absolutely stunning pieces of equipment. Um, that you know the 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 cruise control on them actually virtually controls the engine. It, it memorises the trip. And then replicates it the next time to the to the best optimum fuel consumption, things like that. You know, they're fantastic pieces of equipment. Um, plus, you know, what, what we need to do as an industry, we need to improve the stopping off points for all the guys, where they, so they can stop off safely, very quickly. We haven't invested in the country in them, so that that needs done. Um, and and there's probably a lot needs to be done. It's, it's happening at the moment um, in terms of what the wage structure is. The wage structure needs to rise. But that you know, we we're obviously at the mercy of, of your 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 major superstores, your your Amazons of the world, who yeah. who can you know they control the price. That if you ask me, they've they've got far too much control. We turn up five minutes late and they find you, and you turn up five minutes early and they tell you to wait for three hours. Yeah. Um, if the pallet isn't perfect condition the way they expect it, they just send you away. You know so. Um, I think they've got too much control. So th- those are the issues that, that we need to work on, major ones anyway, um, to improve the you know, improve the industry. I think I think the it's driver is tier two drivers are a big big issue here too. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, where, 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 where we're going to go with trucks as well? That's going to be the next thing um, in terms of uh, you know are we going with hydrogen? Um, is there, how far is electricity going to work? You know, it clearly works in cars. You know, I think the last few years, um, you know, Tesla have, have, have shown that and everybody's joined in. That's very clear. Um, you're starting to see them in, they're certainly they're here in vans. You're starting to see them in um, seven and a half tonners, um, 18 tonners of rigid vehicles. Um, but, you know, there's nowhere near on, on the big uh, big trailers. You know, the, the weight of the battery would would probably more than the weight of the goods. So that's a problem. So hydrogen is probably over the next two years, that's going to be a big discussion and, and big decisions for, for many truck companies. Um, you know, even at the moment we are, we've suspended any any purchases of vehicles that over two years, you know, we're going to be sitting we're to, we we lease them. Any leases, no no more than two years because that's no good to us. We need to be able to make a decision in two years where we're going to go, just hand that truck back and, and take a new one. So that would be really interesting as well. Yeah, that would be a, a smart move, I would think, with a trailer or a tractor like that. Yeah. You, you can update without taking the hit yourself. Well, I, I tell me, uh, what's, your, what's your biggest differentiator? What problem do you solve for your customers better than anybody else? Um, I think over the years, uh, we'll, 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 you know, Gary and I, um, come back to the early days, one of the one of the first things we done, we, we, we didn't just want to be um, a, a courier company like everybody else. At the time, everybody was white van man or any colour you like. 
Um, they, nobody wore a uniform. Um, it was t-shirts and jeans and trainers. Um, that was that was our industry at the time. So Gary and I instantly we had we had white vans with livery on the vans. We created paperwork for the clients. Leave them a copy. We kept a copy, and one was used for the delivery. Um, we uh, we as I say, we had the uniforms, livery vehicles. Um, as soon as as soon as anything came up that we thought gave us a unique selling point, we 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 got it on board. We had pagers right away. We the very first mobile phones, um, the very first phones where you could text each other. You know, all of those things were game changers. We'd yeah. banned three radios at one point, so they were all game changers. Then, um, and to this day, I would say it's probably still our unique selling point, our IT um, solution. You know, most of our, for probably for the last 10 years, most of our business comes in online. Um, you know, you come into our office and it's probably as quiet as yours. The, phone, the phones generally don't ring. Um, all our bookings are done online. Uh, the drivers have image capture, sign on glass. Um, the drivers don't, we don't phone, people, our staff don't phone drivers unless it's an emergency. They get a message sent to them and they are asked to phone when they can. Um, we we give uh, PODs and uh, KPI reports, etc. are all sent online to customers. Even our even our storage, uh, our customers can book, book their storage in with us. We then put it into the system and they can access that storage. They can't. They can't change it because that would cause mayhem in the storage yeah, yeah. side. Um, but they can see their goods coming in, going out. They can do their own report every day. How much money they owe. How much money they spent that day on on pick pack on whatever. Everything's Wi-Fi in the warehouse. Oh, that's good. We don't have any. The, the warehouse guys don't have any paperwork. Everything's sent to their scanner on their hip, and their, their daily workload gets sent to their scanner, and they work away through that every day. And that updates on the system. So I think IT um, is definitely our, our unique selling point for a few years and very much so at the moment. Well, you've upgraded the bit. I mean, I looked at your website and your fleet and so on, and it's obvious you, you guys are professionals. Uh, yeah. How can people get in touch with you, David? Sorry? How can people reach you through your website? Or what's the best way to reach you? Yeah, they can they can obviously contact us through our website. Um, they can contact us through LinkedIn. Um, we're, we're pretty big in social media: Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, Instagram. We we use a lot. Um, so we're, we we keep in touch with our customers regularly with social media, updating them if there's any weather reports or any. You know, I'm mean, enjoy talking to them, giving them some fun information. Um, you know, if one of our trucks has been in a you know a famous place or. Or, or pictured in a good area, whatever, or, or delivering something special. And we, we like to put out, you know, we don't just put out bulletins all the time. We like to put out some good news stories, somebody in the office's birthday or they've been raised 20 years, all that kind of stuff. So we try to make a fuss of the staff whenever we can, you know. I understand. Well, listen, I know you're on holiday, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your, your vacation at the uh, at St. Andrews to talk to us. And uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you. No problem at all. It was my pleasure. Thanks for listening to Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEOs. If you're a successful CEO in manufacturing or supply chain and would like to be part of the program, please visit 
www.martinharsberger.com slash apply. If you got some value out of the interview, please share it on social media. We'd really appreciate it. Also, if you know someone that would make a great guest, tag them and let them know about the show. Again, our mission is to focus on manufacturing and supply chain CEOs. We'd like to share your story and provide industry trends and updates that would interest our listeners. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. Make sure you don't miss an episode. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and interviews go a long way in promoting the show. You can connect with me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn at uh, Martin Harshberger. Uh, or through my website, www.martinharshberger.com. Again, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening.